This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 21. Conditioning for these guys, it's absolutely paramount because if they're not conditioned to go in the ring, they can be the best fighter in the world, but if they don't have that gas tank, they're not going to last at all. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Head Strength and Conditioning Coach at NSCA Headquarters, Scott Caulfield. And today we are coming from the 40th annual NSCA National Conference in Paris Hotel, Las Vegas. My guest today, Lawrence Herrera, Strength and Conditioning Coach at LH Performance in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Coach, thanks for being on today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, excited because... You're here uh, attending the clinic. Um, You're also going to be speaking at our upcoming clinic, which we're doing at UFC headquarters in September. Yes, yes, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, and what's the what topic are you speaking on? Mine's going to be on uh, team training, uh, a fight camp, like with multiple fighters and from having different dates of fights. So just being able to segregate them and put them into separate little groups so they are not all peaking at the same time so there's cool. different different levels of training for them great yeah and so just again to kind of fill people in a little bit um you're basically uh you know an mma strength conditioning coach but two uh big names that you're working with right now you got some guys why don't you tell us about what who you're working with and what you're preparing for right now so right now we're preparing for uh, july 29th uh we're the main event with uh john jones um been working with him for this this last camp and then i've been working with cowboy cerrone this is our this is our 15th camp now so over four years um he's also on that same card um, so yeah, we're we're preparing for that 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 coming up. We got about seventeen more 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 days now, and it's getting close getting close to the end. Wow, that's exciting! So fifteen camps, four years. How? Uh, yeah, tell us. I guess a li- I got a couple questions, but maybe a little bit more about kind of how'd you end up becoming an MMA strength and conditioning coach? Well, it's kind of a funny story. So um, Cowboy Cerrone had lost the, his first fight to Rafael. Dos, dos años, um, I think it was August of 2013, and he walks into the gym that I, that I, I was at back then and basically just says, hey, my, uh, I just got my butt kicked. This is on Tuesday. He fought on Saturday. Um, just got my, my uh, butt kicked, and my, my coach, which is Greg Jackson, said that I need a strength coach. So I was – the joke was then is that I was the, the guy who, who – guy who drew the shortest straw but I was actually looking forward to it because I, I saw him and I, I knew of him and I was actually a fan of of Cowboys in the past so to see him walk in the gym I was like hey you know I, I would love to train you I never trained a fighter before so I've seen a couple of other people in our our facility have worked with other high level guys so I had been watching them and we had you know collaborated a lot on that on the on that first camp and it was great it was, it was fun yeah. Then do so. You feel like you had to do kind of some extra background work or like homework to kind of prepare for that. And yeah. kind of what? Who did you kind of reach out to, or what did you do to prepare for that? Well, I was fortunate in the facility I was at. Um, one of my 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 for, former uh, partners there was is Adrian 
Gonzalez, and he was working in the time with Carlos Condit and and with John Jones. So um, so I was able to talk to him a lot about stuff. And you know, the biggest thing I did a lot is I just watched Cowboys fights. I just went back. Um, I think that was the start of UFC Fight Pass. So you can go on and do their name searches and just look. It, it may that actually may have been just YouTube. I think I was just looking at YouTube clips of. Cowboy and seeing where he was at, seeing what his strengths were, seeing what his weaknesses were. Um, it's, but it's everything is unique because every every opponent is different. So they're working on different skills that they're trying to expose the weaknesses of them. So that's I was able to talk with his coaches then, which is his old striking coach. We had went through some things. His wrestling coach. We had talked about a, a lot of the stuff that they they were working on so that's pretty much it I mean the biggest thing with any camp is collaboration and communication with the other guys because in reality I was only with them three four hours every week but they were with them I mean literally all day long and training at multiple times of the day at several hours of the day yeah I think that's the biggest thing I've heard from you guys that do that and I mean same thing across any team sport right the more collaboration between whatever it's just different sports med sport coaches versus striking coaches and grappling coaches if everybody's on the same page you're gonna have a better overall yeah, product uh, yeah but uh yeah i guess getting a little bit more you know into like that's kind of how you got started um why do you coach what what drives you to be successful and to do the best that you can I mean, my passion has always been is to see people excel and just achieve their goals, whatever it is. I mean, the majority of my clients are trained are, are active adults. That's pretty much my bulk of clients still, I mean, even though I'm, I'm with these these fighters during, during the camps. But, um, you know, during the morning times when these guys are sleeping, I'm actually up at the gym at 5 a.m. With, with a lot of my clients. Um, so far, I've actually taken a lot of, of, of hunting clients. Um, it's pr pretty crazy. Like, you guys do these crazy big hunts um, in Alaska and Canada and all, all around the, the, the world. And I work with these guys who you know, hike a, a mountain for you know, six, seven days at a time. So in the end, they're usually you know mid fifties to 60, 70 years old. So being able to be wow. with these guys and uh, train them it, you know, it's, it's a whole different, different ball game, but still seeing them succeed and seeing them achieve this goal that they've had a lot of them, their, 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 their whole life, their whole hunting career or whatever it is, uh, working with elite endurance athletes. That's another one of my, my clients I work with is runners and triathletes. So seeing them achieve a goal of qualifying for a huge race or whatever it is. Um, but I guess, you know, that's my, my passion is to see others, others excel. Great, yeah. I think all of us that are in it, in it, certainly have to have some some level of passion. Because for a long time, you know, we're doing it just because we like to do it, not necessarily because we're making any exactly. money at it. But um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> How about what what kind of like other visions and goals do you have for your athletes and you know how do you define success with them so obviously with cowboy it's a little bit easier it's win or loss okay. but like maybe with some of the other people also i mean the big thing is you know about even the fighters or the uh, the active adults is is they're pain free i mean that's one big thing i try to do and with the fighters it's hard because they're obviously causing pain every time they step in that ring and 
you know, they're stepping in the ring two, three times every week. And then also with wrestling practice and mitt practice. So I'm trying to m try to minimize as much pain as possible. So get them to move to move better. That's that's the number one goal. And then get get them stronger, whether it's the active adult or the fighter. Uh, that's kind of what my, my my whole thing is based on getting that person strong enough, whatever it is, whatever they need to do, whatever sport, as long as they're strong enough. Like, I, I don't need guys to to deadlift 500 pounds. It's not going to benefit them when they walk in, walk in, walk into the uh, octagon or hike a steep, a steep mountain or anything but being able to carry 50 pounds on their back that might be a big thing or being able to pick up a guy who weighs 230 pounds yeah those are all you know, goals of being strong enough so um, that's kind of my my goals with them and my my philosophy with with them and I guess defining that success it would be with fighters it's easy it's it's it is the win-loss um, you know I've been unfortunate where I've had two losses now with uh, Cowboy. And, you know, it's always like, hey, well, how did you feel? What was going on? Um, what could we have done better during that camp? Uh, you know, usually it's not it's not a strength or con conditioning thing. It's, you know, there's a lot of other factors to the fight game. Um, as far as the the other people, it's like, hey, did you, did you have fun? You may have not have, have got to your ultimate goal of getting a, 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 a animal, which, these guys are since they're paying that kind of of money for these hunts, they're they're it's usually a, a good success rate, even though they're putting in a lot of work for it. Um, but that's you know thing is they they did did they enjoy themselves? Uh, did they have any pain during the thing? Were they able to do the job that they need to do? So like, even the feedback I've received from some of the active adults, it's like, oh yeah, my my. My my guide, who's twenty years younger than, than me, said, "Man, I move like a like a mountain goat out there. Yeah, it yeah. was awesome, to really, to see <laughs> these kind of things." So, no, that's great, and so so that's good. You, I mean, to know too, you've had a couple, you've had a lot of wins with Cowboy. You've had a lot of you've had a couple of losses. You guys kind of get back to the drawing board. Um, how uh, how. Do those guys bounce right back at that level? I mean, is, do you have like other mental skills, people helping out or sports psych, or are you kind of like one of their main people to rely on and talking them through a lot of this stuff to help figure things out? Well, actually, you know, I'm fortunate in the camp that I'm with at Jackson Wink. Um, the head coach, Greg, Greg Jackson there is, a, is an amazing mental skills guy. That's, I would say, his biggest passion and the whole part of it is being able to get those guys on the right page as far as as the mental part of it and then being with with their striking coach as well which is uh brandon gibson and he's he's awesome also so and we're all you know we all talk we're all on the same page you know cowboy was fortunate enough to take us out even after a loss his last one he had in january he took us out um, the following month to uh to uh, cabo you know, our, our families and everything because he knew it was a long camp for us. I mean, we were training for that fight for about five months. Um, lots of time was put into it. So he took our families out, our wives out and ourselves and we went out there and, you know, having dinner with those guys and being able to talk and communicate, I think brought us to a different level. Um, but I think, I think it's, it's more of a team. We all, we all kind of know the personalities of the fighters. 
uh, being on on new to the to the to the Jones camp this year, even though he's been with Greg, he's been with with uh, Izzy, one of his his wrestling coach, uh, which are great guys, and it's knowing how they communicate with John is completely different in the way they they talk with with a cowboy. So I'm able to feed off of that and you know, see what their what their motivations are, how they how they motivate them so and being an outsider in that cap is, is kind of cool to to see it and actually you know just talking to izzy yesterday like i was thanking him for being at, at at our sessions because i see how he can push him and i go okay now i know what buttons to actually push with john because it's different than than uh than a cowboy and i think that's our big thing is you know as far as a coaching world goes is being able to look at the individual itself and really see what motivates them and how they're motivated. So those are, those are, you know, those are things I, I, it's, everyone's different when it comes to the, to the mental skills game. Yeah. But it's a, it's a big factor. I mean, I, Cowboy, I honestly would think could be any welterweight in the world if his mind's right. And that's all it is. And he's the same with John Jones. I mean, the same thing. If their mind's right, they're going to win. These guys are phenomenal to watch. And I see him in sparring, like, oh my gosh, like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And so you mentioned Greg being such a great uh, mental skills guy. What, are there any other kind of, um, like, coaching kind of uh, aspects or you know things that you've picked up from them just being around you know like I like looking at other sports and other great coaches right to see because coaching is coaching coaching is teaching and mentoring so what other kind of things have you you know picked up from being around some great like MMA coaches that have helped you grow I mean like seeing being around Brandon Gibson which is the striking coach for both John and and cowboy, uh, just seeing how he communicates with them, but also seeing lo- looking at the the combinations that he's putting together. Because again, it's different. They're different fighters fighting a different opponent, and being able to sit in on films and actually looking at stuff and seeing how they how they break it down. Because you know, as as a fight fan, which I am, I'm a fan. Of, oh, that's awesome! Let's go. That guy did that. He did that. He won. Mm-hmm. But then you sit down with those guys. And they have a whole nother vision of it. Like, oh yeah, I never saw that. Yeah. Like they they look at tendencies of the fighters, and you know, for this that last camp, we we watched you know several fights of 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 like Robbie Lawler, for instance. Watch a lot of those fights, and got to pick out a lot of those of those those flaws he may have during this fight. Of course, everybody will change too. So. You know, we're 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 betting on these are the t- tendencies going to have because you have the same tendencies for you know for three four three or four years now. So being able to watch those fights with them and get to see through their eyes what they're saying and how they all talk, and okay, and then I go okay now how am I going to fit that into how I train them? Because you know, big thing with fighting, especially if they're going to wrestle them more, if they're going to strike them more. You got to be able to do different types of movements, whether it's changing, changing levels for a for a for a takedown or or ha- having great grip strength for for the grappling part of it, um, leg strength as far as the jujitsu goes, and and then of course which uh, is, is you see it in the fights is the conditioning part. Conditioning for these guys, it's absolutely 
paramount because if they're not conditioned to go in the ring, they can be the best fighter in the world. But if they don't have that gas tank, they're not going to last at all. Yeah, yeah. We've all watched those fights. Like, oh my gosh, right, this guy is done. Right, right. Um, so it's it's just unique to see what they're doing. And then, of course, what they want to do with him, then I know, okay, I got to work on this part of that, of that skill they're working on. We're going to do that too. Yeah. And is there any kind of specific, like when you guys are, looking at these guys fitness level strength level whatever uh is there a kind of go-to battery of tests that you always are doing and that are like your benchmarks or does it kind of depend on who you how what camp you're preparing for or what yeah i mean benchmark just as a conditioning wise i i i I, we use the air air bike a lot the assault air air bike it's just our our mainstay i mean it's a upper body lower body um, type of of uh, of exercise so i have them do a test on that it's usually a mile and a half and of course any each bike is different they're calibrated different but generally it takes about five about five minutes anywhere from four to five minutes for that test which is a which is a given round in in uh, MMA, so I kind of see where they're at on on that part of it. So I take some averages like RPMs, um, as well as 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 well as heart rate. We 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 use heart rate a lot, and then we rest for a minute because that's usually the typical rest period between rounds. So I see how the heart rate comes down from that effort, and then as we train to the camp, and when I say camp, that's usually eight weeks. That's the usual standard. Someone like Cowboy, we go from camp to camp to camp and never really ends, which is nice. So he's always in shape. Um, But we just kind of look at that and, you know, use that as a a main test. Uh, Lots of grip strength work. So I'll I'll do, um, I'll do like a kettlebell carry with them, you know, do it for a minute long and just see um, one at how their posture breaks down. If if it does break, break down at all, Um, you know, just working on that grip. I've, a lot in the the other fighters that I've worked with, I've worked, and these are the two main guys I work with. But I've worked with a lot of other fight fighters, you know, a lot of UFC guys, um, and some of them are 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 okay with doing like a like a FMS test. Okay. And I'll do that. I'll yeah. do an FMS test with them. Yeah. And some of them, some of them, just like, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm okay. not doing anything. <laughs> like they go, they go, give me the Rocky. Not the Russian, you know. <laughs> so, so they just want the, the hardcore yeah. stuff. That's but funny. yeah, that's what it is. You know, yeah. I try to make it simple. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Is I don't yeah. mean to complicate stuff, and uh, I'm not. I'm not looking at max squat or max max bench or anything. Because um, again, it's they just need to be strong enough. Right. And then, of course, their movement. I'm looking at movement. Yeah. So if they yeah. can, can they squat? Like maybe it's just the body we squat and yeah. as a warm up. Yeah. That. Yeah. Well, I think you kind of alluded to it, right? It's, it's, I think it's important. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about it. But like, if these guys are like, well, I'm not doing that FMS or whatever. But like, they're also coming to you for your expertise but this isn't like a college football setting where you can just tell them what Mm -hmm. to do and make them do it right you have to build this relationship where they trust you and what kind of things do you look at or you know do you rely on when you go into kind of getting these guys trust and building relationships with them I guess it's just you know talking a common language Uh, a lot of them now because Cowboy being my first one, first my first guy who I who I coached and seen the success he had, then the other 
fighters at, 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 at Jackson's ask him, like, oh, who, what's he doing? Who's he training with? And then kind of they come to me more as a, as a referral in a sense from him. So I think the trust is there's already a little bit of trust there um, given. Of course, I have to earn a lot more of it. But it's just being on the same ground as them, like knowing, like I, I walk the sport a lot and I, I, so I can really communicate in the same language. Um, and that goes with any sport. Like I, you know, I do what's, I think um, Michael Boyle refers to it as, as, as a coach talk, you yeah. know, this yeah, talk, yeah. like just being able to, being able to speak coach, yeah. you know, being able to use that same language as they're going to hear from their coach. So with any sport, you're going to, you need to watch it. You need to talk with the sport coach itself and see what those things are and i think that's like a big bridge that that we that john and i had just a few weeks ago was like i was able to what i'm talking to his coaches but re, but say the same like language and what i'm referring for him to do when exercise wise and like okay this is what izzy wants you wrestling wise so that's kind of how we go nice and um yeah, you from collaborating with all these other MMA coaches and collaborating with, you know, all of the moving parts, you have to be good at building relationships, building your network, kind of how, how have you gotten better at that or what kind of things have you had to do to build your professional network too? I think a big one is just reaching out to people. Um, I, I go to sparring a lot, so they see my face there or, or wrestling practice or whatever. So I'm, I'm there, I'm present, and then they know I'm paying attention because I'm going in there, I'm talking to them, and I may go sit in the ring while they're doing wrestling practice and they're working on drills and I'll just talk with the wrestling coach and the wrestling coach say, you know, I need, I need, I need him to do this more. I need him, this is kind of a movement we're, we're working on. So, so then I'll think in my mind, okay, this is what you do. So I'll come up with some exercise for that. And I don't do a lot of sport specific stuff. Like I'm not gonna, you know, like with anything, I'm not gonna yeah. work on kicking or something right. like that. But I'm definitely working on, you know, whether like a big one we use is a sled push, but you know, being able to recoil that put that sled, so using elastic bands, so now that sled comes right back to them and trying to push it away. Like that's a big one with grappling. Okay. So just that that alone is being able to 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 communicate with them. And and always be present with them, so then that whole team can come together as one. Which is tough because then I'm also cutting back on you know what I'm spending time with, you know, family time. Like that's that's sure, been, that was sure. why those camps are hard. Yeah, because you know you're missing a lot of that other time. Yeah, well that that's good too. That leads me into one of the kind of people who've listened to this podcast. Now we ask this a lot, but like, yeah, how do you? maintain this work-life balance with you know training regular people training professional athletes training these mma guys uh fight camps travel how, how does it, having a wife and kids like how does that all yeah. work it's tough i mean i got three daughters and they're spread out in ages and 18 to four um one's going to college this year and I, i've been her strength coach since eighth grade she actually didn't go She's going to swim this year at Colorado Mesa in nice. Grand Junction. So, Great. I mean, with, for a long time, I'm taking her to practice at 5 in the morning, yeah, dropping yeah. her off. And then I was like, I, I want to work out, so I'll jump in the pool and I'll swim with her. So, that's, again, now I, I, was, I started to train swimmers because of her. 
because I need you know to talk to the, to the coach and the coach always saw me there. Yeah. So again, it was that coach talk. Then it branched me out to other swim swim coaches and I was to get referrals from a lot of other people. So that's the swim world. And then you know like my you know, being with my wife. My wife is full time. She works you know she works probably 40, 45 hours every yeah. week at a hospital. So her she's her time is is limited also so, you know sometimes i'm at the ranch which is cowboys uh personal train training ground i'm there at times i, I didn't actually last night i was there i didn't get home till half, half, after nine o'clock yeah. and then i have to be up at three today <laughs> that's a flight yeah so it's just it's tough and you know we you know, but there's always an end inside the end is usually okay well we got we got the fight it's gonna happen we usually we, uh, we usually go to the fights um my my uh, wife and I it's just kind of our time away um, to kind of bring that 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 that, uh, that thing back, you know, in a sense because they've been gone for so long and you know get home late at night. Um, and then the kids just I try to spend as much time on the weekends. That's the nice thing about these fight fighters too. Like these are usually higher level guys where they know they don't have to do every single class and every single training session. So they're smart about being great. about taking that time off. I'm yeah. gonna go like Cowboys time off is spent on a on a lake in his in, in his boat or on his Harley or yeah. something like that. He's having fun, yeah. and I'm I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna spend time. I, I go to the park with my kids and do those yeah. things. So they at least see me. They know who I am. <laughs> That's but it's, it is it's a challenge. And then even my like I said my my active adults. I'm training them you know, from 5 a.m. to usually around 10 a.m. And then I'm doing the the fight stuff after that. That's when all the sparring happens and other practices. Yeah, and you've gotten more involved in the NSCA too. Yes, so yeah. uh, why don't you talk a little bit? How did that come up? And you know, kind of how has that been a uh, helpful to your career? And how have you gotten more involved throughout your career with the NSCA? Well, I'm an NSCA state director for for New Mexico. Um, and it came up. I, there was the former state state director had um, she she had she had moved. She she got a job at a different place, so that job was vacant. And I knew the the previous director before her, and kind of asked him, "Hey, do you think it's a good idea if I do it?" And I knew the NSA was really trying to get you know the local part involved. I was like, "I I can do this." You know, I've seen the the what this the the clinics you guys put on and those things so I was like I'm gonna do it because I know I can bring a team of people together to do some presentations and you know, I've been to enough NSCA events I've been NSCA certified since 2009 which is um, um, yeah I got my bachelor's degree back yeah in 2009 and it took me a long time it took me I was uh, on the on the nine-year track yeah but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know I, I knew I wanted to f- to finish it out because my goal at the end was I knew I wanted to have my CSCS it, it meant it, it meant a lot to me um, because I had been a trainer I kind of went in the backwards I started as a personal trainer in 2003 yeah. and I was doing my undergrad at the time was was uh, was was engineering okay. I was a mechanical engineer I was doing that yeah. for I needed some extra money yeah. I like to work out it was fun yeah and then complete career shift. I was like, I went and became a personal trainer, changed my degree to exercise science, which if any of you know, going from going from mechanical engineering to exercise science, you know, usually most of those don't don't count at all. Uh, right, so I, I like had to, that. Yeah. I had to start yeah. over again yeah. pretty much. 
So Andrew graduated over 200 credit yeah. hours. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, you know, being part of the NSCA, I, I just like, cause I've been to multiple events in Colorado Springs and being able to meet, meet the staff and talk to everybody and knowing what, what New Mexico, there was, there's several co coaches, there's uh, certified personal trainers and CSCS. Um, we don't have a very dense population, so it's kind of tough to get the, the numbers. How I know, like California has Southern California, Central California, and, and Northern California, it's right. just such a large state right. that they, they can do that. But uh, you know, it's 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 been great. Um, I got two more years on my on my tenure, and I'm excited for the next the next conference because I took a lot of feedback from our from our last one. We we had one in March, um, so next March we're going to do another one. It's, okay. It's, so I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to that because now I get to talk to more people here to get right. bigger um, people there to actually yeah 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 do the presentations. Yeah, so that's cool. And I I obviously some people know I started as a state director too, um, so I all state directors are near and dear to my heart. And like, I, I just think it's a great way to get involved because, you know, the, the NSC is the only organization that I know of that has that grassroots level where yes. people have an opportunity to, you know, either where you're beginning your public speaking career, speaking at a clinic like that, or just helping out volunteering. And I know that you, like I was when I was there, always looking for people that want to help out mm -hmm. and make it a success. Uh, anybody you're uh, looking forward to seeing speak while you're here at National? Yeah, you got definitely. a big list? Or? Uh, Lauren, Lauren Lamp. Landau, he, he's actually a friend of mine, and um, you know we we trains we train a lot of clients that have you know either the same sport. He's he's at um, Cow Cowboy was actually w w with him in the past, but I've never I've only got to hear him speak. The first time I ever met him, it was at the combat clinic. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was 2013. It was actually it was the weekend of Cowboy's first fight that we trained together for. Okay, because um, I remember watching the fight at a Buffalo. Wild Wings in Colorado Springs, yeah, where yeah. Cowboys from. So I was, it was a big home crowd for yeah, me. We were nice. there, um, but Lauren definitely, um, definitely want, want to see him. And uh, there's man, the schedule. I just trying to think about the schedule now. There's yeah. uh, there's definitely a few others that I have have in mind that I'm that yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going yeah. to see. There's it's busy. There's a lot. I know yeah. there's a lot going yeah. on. So. I went through. Yeah. I was having the schedule on the <laughs> events app. Um, up. It was. Uh, Tuesday, uh, Thursday night, and I went through it yep. all. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> see who I want to go, go look at. Nice. Um, all right. Well, when I get to my kind of uh, standard questions, sure. my fun questions, everybody that listens should know these uh, kind of coming up by now. But how about three people, living, dead, or fictional characters that you'd like to have dinner or conversation with? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm a believer in Christ, so Jesus Christ, I know that's a given one now that people have said but it'd be interesting to, to kind of to talk to him and see see things like that you know see him from that point point of view um i think another one would be uh michael boyle who i actually kind of know a little bit i've done some of his stuff but he's just such a great mind in in the industry itself and being able to speak with him and see the kind of things that he sees and the visions he sees um and then, you know, I think, I don't know, I should think of another one. 
<laughs> it doesn't have to be three. It can be up to three. Um, so the other one that I like a lot too, if you had a magic wand and you could eliminate any coaching practice, what would you get rid of? What would you banish that no one could ever do to an athlete ever again? I would say using, using exercise as punishment. Um, I mean, I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to play sports in, 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 uh, in NCAAs and I played football and uh, baseball for Navy and, I, I only I only played you know on on the JV teams of both at the time on the practice teams, but as far as that goes, you know those it was great there because it was it was a whole different experience because coming from high school, it was like oh you're late I want you to go run laps oh you're you know you guys are messing around you got to go you have to go run laps and so many of my friends and other clients I've had in the past over the 15 years now. Uh, the big thing that they say is uh, they hate to run or they hate to do something, push-ups, bear crawls, whatever, just because yeah. it was a, it was always a punishment for for them, and they have you know it's just they get these visions of of a bad of of, of negative um, emotions, I guess you would say. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's huge. No, I'm glad you said that. That's definitely one of my favorites too. Um, so last one, I kind of threw this one at Coach Mack last week, and I actually stole this from him because he's a good friend of mine. I told him I was going to steal from him. But so if you weren't uh, doing the strength and conditioning stuff right now, if you were, what what would be your different career path if there was another one that you would have been on? What would you be doing today if you weren't a strength coach? I think with the strength coach, I think the teaching side of it, I really like to teach other coaches and also athletes about you know the right things to do as far as exercise or e- even even life in gen- general those kind of things so I think probably a teacher and you yeah. know it's yeah uh, I might be I, I, I actually never really thought about it until right now. Yeah, so, yeah, that's great. I think no. the teaching part is yeah, it's so similar, it's so similar. Um, well, like I mentioned, you're going to be here at the National Conference. You're going to be at the Combat Clinic speaking at UFC Performance Institute September 22nd and 23rd. Excited for that. Uh, how else can people reach you if they listen to this and they want to find out more about what you do and come visit you in Albuquerque, whatever it is? I'm pretty active on, on Instagram, so it's just at Lawrence Herrera. Um, you know, that's my, my Instagram name. As far as my, my company is at... LH Performance, LH Performance, and that's my website, www.lhperformance.com. Um, those are probably the three main things. I'm, I'm on Facebook, but usually my Facebook is my is my Instagram feed. So right, it's right, yeah. Easy. Yeah. But, yeah. Cool, yeah, and if you follow him on Instagram, you get to see some cool videos of him uh, hanging out with Cowboy in their boat and wake surfing and wakeboarding and all that crazy yeah. stuff. That's awesome, man. <laughs> well, wait, thanks a lot for being here. Looking forward to hanging out in the next couple days at the conference, and uh, we appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.